This is Many Lamps in the Room, a podcast by and for New City Church in Vienna, Virginia. This week we are concluding our series on spiritual disciplines with the second part of our discussion on music and singing. Before we get to that, however, we always like to start our podcast with a brief discussion about the catechism question from this Sunday's liturgy. Question 34 of the New City Catechism. Since we are redeemed by grace alone, through Christ alone, must we still do good works and obey God's word? Yes, because Christ, having redeemed us by his blood, also renews us by his spirit, so that our lives may show love and gratitude to God, so that we may be assured of our faith by the fruits, and so that by our godly behavior, others may be one to Christ. Our church has been going through the book of Galatians, and the theme that we're taking out from that book is that of freedom. Freedom from a salvation that is by faith alone um, and grace alone. And yet there is a place for good works. Pastor Paul made a really good point in this week's sermon that the gospel does not say that you have some belief in Jesus, you add to that good works, and then you have salvation. But rather that by faith you have salvation in Jesus and good works just comes as a natural outflow of that realization, of that salvation. This catechism answer actually points out the role that good works actually has in our life in the gospel. And it points out three major roles that good works has in our life in salvation in Christ. The first is so that our lives may show love and gratitude to God. The second is that we may be assured of our faith by the fruits. And the third is that our godly behavior then wins others to Christ. And so those are three good reasons for having good works and for not going willy-nilly with our lives after we've had all our sins forgiven, but actually pursuing a life of holiness, a life of sanctification, a life of good works. Um, Good works is just a natural way to show that we are grateful, that we love God, that, you know, we are appreciative of being his children, that we are in allegiance with him and that we want to follow him and we recognize that his way is better than the way that we had before. And then also good works is a fruit of the spirit, That as the Holy Spirit works in sanctification in our lives, that sanctification itself is a gift and a benefit of salvation. That we're finding that we can overcome sin and that we can live a life that's not enslaved to sin. Then we're finding that good works just naturally become more and more a part of our lives, a part of our identity. It doesn't define us in a way so that it, it becomes our merit, our salvation, but it just becomes, you know, a part of our existence now. And seeing that growth in our lives actually gives us encouragement and comfort and assurance that this change, that this salvation is real and has been accomplished for us. And then lastly, 
of course, is that by and large, how God chooses to accomplish his will and spread his gospel throughout the world. He commissions us to be a part of his will. He doesn't take away agency from us, actually, that even though in salvation we had no part of it, we ourselves could not contribute anything to it, but now God does allow us to contribute. He uses us after our salvation in order to accomplish his will that although he is the main protagonist, he honors us by letting us partake in that will and using us even in our limited capacities and capabilities and growing sanctification to be a part of that. So all of those are exciting, encouraging ways that we can participate I think one thing that as parents, as adults, as role models to our kids, one of the things that we can be good role models for is demonstrating to them the freedom that we have in Christ when it comes to good works. We might take care to show that our acts of compassion, acts of obedience, acts of service are not acts of obligation, but that they are done in joy and in gratitude as an outpouring of gratitude. And also to confess when it's not so. Sometimes kids, especially as they start to grow a little older, they're given the message that they are slaves when they're young um, because they have to do what everybody tells them to do and they're in school and they have to follow the rules but that when they grow older, they still remain slaves and that they, as they graduate from college and then they get a job, um, they, throughout that entire time, they're, they're still beholden. They're still under the law. They're still under an enslavement of sorts until they die and that it's just a, a continuity of obligation and imprisonment. And that's nothing to, <laughs> that's not a great thing to aspire to. Um, and instead, we can show them that part of the attraction of the gospel is that it breaks that cycle. It allows us to live our lives not as slaves and not just, it actually takes us off the treadmill. It takes us off that burden of constantly having to prove ourselves and doing things just because others tell us to do but that we're doing things now out of a sense of character and love. Now, again, of course, nobody's perfect at this. Everybody will go through days when it, it'll be a chore to be nice and um, to suffer through the emotional labor of, of doing things in a, in a um, kind way. But that's something that we can be transparent about. And when we can honestly say so, we should emphasize that we are doing certain things for God, not because we have to, but because we want to. We are compelled to. We choose to. What is the purpose of music? It's not, it's not, it's not just for us, right? Yes, he gives us this gift, and it does have this side effect of, of moving us, uh, but the purpose of music, much like everything else that God has given us, is so that we can glorify God with it.
It's love music, and kids gravitate towards music, and kids remember music、mm-hmm. and songs, and so I I think having music as part of family worship、mm-hmm. is a really good idea. Right, and I know there's a lot of people who feel very self-conscious about it,、mm-hmm. and just they're like. You know, I just I'm not a musical person. I'm I know I'm pitchy. You know, I don't I I'm tone deaf.、Mm-hmm. You know, but I would say it's still worth <laughs> <Yeah> . bringing in praise songs and hymns into your into your family, even if you just sing the doxology、mm-hmm. every single time you do. You know,、yeah. or you might start with a doxology and then like after everybody has. Known it, and it's 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 become regular, and you're maybe a little bit exhausted with it. <laughs> you could bring in another one, right?、Yeah. You know, and it could be a short one. And、mm-hmm. but you know, I think giving them this repertoire,、mm-hmm. this vocabulary、mm-hmm. of of praise that will make kids more comfortable in regular worship service,、mm-hmm. and will also give you know. Help them build a musical vocabulary,、mm-hmm. and also, you know, have spiritual truths in their memory is、right. is great.、Mm-hmm. What would be the downside for that?、Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'll tell you what would be the downside because in growing up in my household, music was kind of used as another formal legalism and performance.、Uh, yeah. And I remember that. Whenever my parents had over missionaries or something, guests who came over and stayed, and my my folks would say, "Okay, now it's time for family worship," and I knew exactly what they were what they meant by that. Right, my had to pull out the violin, my brother had to pull out the flute, and、mm. you know, this is the only time we did this. <laughs> this is the, we wouldn't do this as part of our regular family worship,、uh-huh. but when we had guests over. We'd get out the music stands. My parents would pick out a hymn, and、mm-hmm. we would try to do our best to sight read through that hymn, right? And you know, of course, the guests would always be, you know,、uh, dutifully impressed and, and <laughs> generous with their praise about all this. But you know, it was that's not why you why you want to <laughs> include、right. music、yeah. in family, which you know you, you don't want to do it for those reasons.、Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably going too far, but. If you can keep the joy right,、yeah. <laughs> of praising God, yeah, I mean, I think what's important is God has given us so many things, and you know, the more and more I go over the confessions with the kids,、yeah. there's this common theme: everything we have is a gift of God. Yeah, everything that we have is because God has been gracious to us. Yeah, right. When it talks about, when it talks about. Repentance. Repentance is a grace that God has given us,、mm-hmm. right? When we think about good works, good works is a thing that God has given us,、mm-hmm. and so everything really is a gift that God has given us, and it is usually、yeah. a grace that God is showing us, and that's no different with music. But what is the purpose of music? It's not. It's not. It's not just for us,、mm-hmm. right? Yes, He gives us this gift. And it does have this side effect of of moving us,、mm. um, but the purpose of music 
much like everything else that God has given us, is so that we can glorify God with it. Mm. You know, legalism creeps in, but it's another way that we can actually have an idol, right? Mm. So the music itself becomes an idol. We are gravitated to the music rather than to God. Mm. And so the focus becomes, how does this music make me feel? Mm. How am I using this music to edify myself Mm. and get something out of it rather than how are we using this music to glorify God? Mm. And so whether it is in private settings or if it's in corporate settings, I think there there's there can always be that tendency that we use music that way. So it is a tool for us that we can use in order to be blessed. But again, we have to think about the purpose behind it is so that we glorify God through that. And so even as it is a spiritual discipline and it teaches us something about ourselves, but again, the purpose behind it is so that we can glorify God. And it's as we go through many of our topics and even this particular one today it's it's to remember that is that it it is it is a great tool but ultimately it is for god yeah right it is to be oriented towards him not towards ourselves if you are to use music in family worship or let's say in fg or whatever i i wouldn't force music or participation in, on of music on anyone, mm-hmm. but I would use music as an invitation. Mm. I used to include hymns regularly as part of family worship, mm-hmm. but I sort of had a policy that you could choose to participate or not. Mm-hmm. I gave everybody the lyric sheet, mm-hmm. and you had to be respectful, but you didn't have to sing if you didn't want to. Right. But I would sing. Mm-hmm. And anybody who wanted, who cared to join along, then they could. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think it's nice to give your kids that amount of autonomy and space to allow them to be just an appreciator mm-hmm. or a tolerator of mm-hmm. music at that moment, but not necessarily like hold them at gunpoint to mm-hmm. to do something that they don't want to do. Yeah, and and for parents your kids do pay attention yeah. to music. Yeah. Even if they don't like it now, even if they think it's corny now, yeah. they might make an effect later on. I wanted to make a general announcement regarding the podcast, actually. Mm-hmm. This podcast was an experiment. We wanted to see if it was viable to do, and we wanted to see if it was edifying to the body. And so far, Mark and I have had lots of fun doing it. Yeah. And we ourselves have personally benefited from not only each other's company, but putting in the work into this podcast and having people over and, and also having feedback from, from people mm. for it. And, and the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. And so we will continue to do the podcast, but we will take a break over the summer. So we're going to go and through May and then May will be our last month for this season of the podcast. We'll take June, July and August off and then come back in September. I'm thinking actually, Mark, that probably we might we might do like 
once a month episodes over sure. the summer. Some specials. Just to keep, you know, <laughs> reminding people that we exist and that we're we're continuing to work on ideas and stuff. But um Yeah, and if anyone has any thoughts about please. topics or other things, please, please let us Suggestions. know. So even if we're, you know, our season has ended, we are still working towards building the next one. It's still a work in progress. It's just been a great joy to be able to do. And even for those who have joined us on our podcast, we appreciate you joining. And, you know, I think a lot of them have had fun. Yeah. I've not heard anyone grumble about... <laughs> At least not to our faces. <laughs> yeah, not to our faces. So if, you know... We enjoy doing this. So give us, if you want, give us some suggestions or thoughts about certain things that we'd love to be able to tackle different topics. Yeah, this is for our own edification, but really it was supposed to be for the edification of you all. So it has benefited us and we hope that it's benefiting you and will continue to do so. Yeah. You know, what was really surprising for me was, um, so before we switched over from our children's chapel model, where we basically just mimicked regular kind of worship, but just for kids, into like our Sunday school model, we used to regularly sing, but then I would would play them songs that we had a a, a curriculum that we used, and they provided like music videos and like songs for kids. Hmm. They often hated those. Mm. Like every week they would complain about these songs being really corny. Like they're like, this, this is so corny and ah, I don't want to sing this. And they would complain. Yeah. But then what was interesting was when we sang hymns, mm. they really enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, so there was something where they were listening to the songs that were supposed to be catered towards them. Mm. And they're like, this is kind of, I, I guess for them, it was empty. There was like, this is mm. just... They could see that it, they were just being targeted. Mm. But when they sang hymns, for some reason, they're like, oh, this is good. They could feel the realness of it. Something, mm. yeah. And and maybe they don't understand all the words, mm-hmm. but they realize that th- this music w- is not just trying to maybe manipulate them or or yeah, just made to like cater to them to entertain them. Mm. And so... They had a tendency of actually singing along more with hymns yeah. than with the catchy kids songs. Mm-hmm. Kids will surprise you with the things that they retain. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think music, even if they don't sing along like you said, eventually, hopefully, they will begin to, especially as they become more familiar with it. Yeah. I think also it's a great way to model to your kids what it looks like to sing as a form of worship Mm. right because if you don't do it they'll never do it but if they see you do it and see that you're doing it sincerely as this way of worshiping the lord i think that's that teaches them a valuable lesson as well yeah i mean there is there is an inherent beauty to music the Mm. harmonies the the mathematics Mm. it's beautiful right but I think it's true that what God hears is not what we hear. Right. And that what angels witness in our worship mm-hmm. is not necessarily how we perceive it. Right. Yeah. And who cares if you're a little pitchy? Mm-hmm. You know, who cares if you're off key? If you are singing with earnestness, you know, and 
you are rejoicing pure, purely, then I think you should you should know that God's loving it. Yeah, you know, and you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer has an interesting take on music and corporate worship with music. And I don't know if I agree with him, but one of the things that he says is that when you sing as a group, you should really focus on the unity of worship and not on the actual beauty of the music. Uh-huh. And that if you are a powerful, virtuosic singer mm-hmm. who can take over a song because of your voice and because mm-hmm. of the flourishes that you can add, don't. Don't hold yourself back because you will. In, the purpose instead is to have that whole body singing, mm. you know. And if you are a, if you are someone who's, you know, off key, that's okay because you're joining in, and mm. it's like it's the combined effort mm-hmm. of everyone that is really what's rejoicing God. Now, I don't know if I buy that. Yeah, I think that if you are, if you are joyfully making music and who cares if you're adding a little flourishes you know if you're if you're you know i mean if you're doing it to show off okay right. that's one thing but if you're doing it because you know you're just like loving the music mm-hmm. loving the lord and just singing your heart out i say sing your heart out mm. right but i do there is something about what he says about how music is is more than just a beautiful placement of notes right it is a heart message hmm. to to God. And, right. Yeah. Like, how do you unite people, hmm. right? I mean, we're saying that the Christian faith does that. Hmm. The people from any kind of background, doesn't matter who you are, you can worship together in the same church or church body. And, and you can look around and say, like, I would never in a million years have relationships with some people here. Mm-hmm. But because you share this faith, you're now united in Christ to these people. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And so I do understand like this idea of, again, if the music itself is supposed to be a vehicle that we can unite ourselves to offer worship, I, I get what he's saying is that you don't want to be a distraction to others, right? Like you can have a beautiful voice, but then when you're singing really loud, and this is me, like if I can hear someone else, I'll stop singing. Mm-hmm. Like if their voice is really good, <laughs> I'll just stop singing and I'll just start listening to them. And I'll and it will slowly change from worship to just awe of this person's voice and so easily the attention can be taken from god Mm. and then put towards man so like i do get some of that maybe that's the idea is like it becomes too individualistic and and you don't want to emphasize that and so he's trying to tamper that down but then it can be received poorly because if i'm someone who wants to sing passionately unto the lord and this is how I worship. Yeah. Why won't you let me worship this way? <laughs> I like how you put it where when God listens to our music, he doesn't do it the same way that we are. Yeah. I think having a child, it has greatly affected the way that I also view my relationship with God because I can say like, oh, just the way that this child makes me happy mm. from doing nothing. Mm. 
I can see like at some level, God is satisfied and pleased with us, even if we make the most minuscule effort. Yeah. You know, like recently my daughter has learned to, to give us things, mm. just hand us things. Because mm. before, like, we just gave her everything, but now she's learning to, like, pick up things and just bring it to us and give it to yeah. us. But before, she would just do this, and we think she's giving it to us, and she just pulls it back. But now she's actually handing it over uh-huh. to us, and, you know, she'll be eating a snack, and she'll put it in my mouth. Aww. And, you know, it's just, that's very sweet. But it's like, you know, has baby baby drool on it and, you know, like happy in. I'm like, oh, thank you for offering this to me. But it's because I love this child tremendously. Yeah. Even if it's this really, this gesture that sometimes is not welcome. But because it is my child, it's so endearing yeah. to me. And so I would presume our Heavenly Father, as mm. he looks upon his children and as we make our efforts to worship him, it is probably pleasing to him regardless of how good we are yeah. or how bad we are. Yeah. Because to him, it's just my beloved yeah. is offering me music mm. and it is beautiful to my ears. Mm. Mm. I got to put a shout out to Christian hip hop. Oh, yeah. Christian hip hop, I think maybe 10 years ago, mm-hmm. made a huge surge in, in popularity. And people mm-hmm. really started to recognize that it was there was a new wave of Christian hip hop that was coming that was really lyrically advanced, musically sophisticated, could mm-hmm. hold up to a lot of secular stuff. Mm-hmm. And didn't have all that baggage of some of the more gross themes and elements and motifs that Uh hip-hop can sometimes have. Mm -hmm. And some of it is actually very theologically profound. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend anything by Lamp Mode Records, which Mm -hmm. is a Philly hip-hop label, um, Christian hip-hop label, that was headed by a rapper named Shai Lin. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, and he's now a pastor of a church in Philadelphia. He doesn't make music as much anymore, mm-hmm. but any of his records are great, mm-hmm. and he has a philosophy of what he calls lyrical theology, where mm-hmm. he believes that hip-hop is a unique vehicle to be able to really densely include in its lyrics lots and lots of theological truths Mm -hmm. and so he tends to sign artists onto his label that kind of share that approach to songwriting and and music and so Stephen the Levite, Hazakim, Shailin, they all have this you know sort of really really rich Oftentimes their albums are like concept albums where they'll where you know the albums about the the attributes of God, for example, mm-hmm. could be like one theme of an album or another album could be all about repentance or you know like mm-hmm. and and so yeah i I would highly recommend anything from from their catalog because it's it's the sort of thing where you know every now and then one of their songs 
you know, pops up in my playlist and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, I've got to, I've got to rewind and listen to it again so that I can catch all the, hmm. all the things that, all the truths that are in there, all these yeah. little gems that he's bringing up, you know, like, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's great. We pray our discussion was edifying to you and we'd love to hear any feedback. Mark's email is mark at newcityva.org. Stephen Price provided the music, and you can find more of it at almadogma.bandcamp.com. That's A-L-M-A-D-O-G-M-A.bandcamp.com. We're recording on equipment generously donated by Sonny Kim, and you can find out more about our church at newcityva.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, watch those windows.